0: What a gift to worship with you all. For those of you joining on uh, newlife.nyc, on Facebook, on YouTube, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Fellowship Church in Queens, New York City, and it's a joy to have you worship with us. And for those of you in this room, it's a joy uh, to lift our voices before Jesus. If you're new to our church, uh, I'll be, uh, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor at New Life, and I'll be in the lobby area with some of our pastors. If I've never met you. If you're new to our church, if you're visiting from out of town on this weekend, uh, please say hello. I'd love to get your name before you head out of this place. We are starting a new series. It's going to go for about two months on the Holy Spirit, the radically accessible presence of God. Next week begins the Pentecost season where we focus on the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so this is a great time to place emphasis in preaching and on teaching uh, on this particular theme in the life of faith. And boy, do we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I was in London a couple of weeks ago after the shooting in Buffalo, and uh, an Ethiopian Uber driver was taking me to the airport. And as I got into a little conversation with him, he recognized very quickly that I to him, had an American accent, and, um, and he looked back and, and, and said to me, um, your country's very sick. Your country's very sick. And he, and he said it in the most, uh, not kind of condescending way, but in a way that was just very, there's something deeply wrong uh, with your country. And, and I couldn't help but to say, you're absolutely right. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring over our nation, an outpouring over our families, an outpouring over our city. I I don't know about you, I need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my soul. I need God to do something in me that I can't do for myself. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of months. What does it mean to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to recognize that God's presence is radically accessible to us? and ways that go beyond human comprehension. And so we're doing this because we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we wanna spend time learning about the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit's presence means for our lives and for for our witness to Jesus in this world. We're gonna be in the Gospel of John, chapter 16. I'm gonna begin at the last verse in chapter 15, and then we're gonna look at the first seven verses in chapter 16, and you can follow along on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Our Lord Jesus says in uh, John 15, verse 28, uh, verse 26, When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him... Who sent me? None of you asks me, Where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I want to emphasize verse 7. Verse 7, our Lord says, To his disciples and he says to his disciples ever since that time very truly I tell you it is for your good that I am going away unless I go away the advocate will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you I want to give a big picture perspective on the presence of the Holy Spirit and what it means for our lives and what I'm going to do throughout our time today is I'm going to give a a a big-picture survey from Genesis to Revelation on the presence of the Spirit. I'm going to do that in 32 minutes, all right? Genesis to Revelation on the presence of the Spirit and what it means for us, and then we're going to slowly build out of that in the weeks to come. Let's pray. Let the Holy Spirit breathe on us. That's why I want to pray that the Spirit would breathe on us today to give us everything we need for our journey in following Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, breathe on us now. Open our eyes that we may see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear what you want us to hear, and open our hearts that we would receive every gift you have for us this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 To talk about the Holy Spirit can be, at times, a pretty complicated thing, especially because of the diversity of the church globally and historically. And that diversity of the church globally and historically is often felt within our own congregation. Because people in our congregation are so diverse, we have ethnic diversity, socioeconomic diversity, political diversity, and of course we have theological and church diversity. That all of us have not come from the same tradition. We did not all grow up in the same tradition. And so when we gather together as the people of God at New Life Fellowship in Queens, we come with all kinds of experiences, all kinds of theological understandings, which makes it kind of difficult from time to time to talk about something as massive... As the Holy Spirit. And so when I think about the Holy Spirit, there are often different postures that we have as it relates to the Spirit. And I want to share three postures and then offer a fourth one that I hope we will live into as we journey for the next couple of months. The first posture that people often have in the church as it relates to the Holy Spirit is that the church has forgotten the Spirit. The church has forgotten the Spirit. There's certain Christians who believe that the Holy Spirit is more of a doctrine to believe rather than the very real accessible presence of God to live into. And so the Holy Spirit simply becomes something that you intellectually or theologically assent to, but it's something that you don't necessarily live into. And so we forget about the Holy Spirit. There's certain people who believe that the gifts of the Spirit, that the power of the Spirit, that was for a time long ago, and that we don't really, uh, should not expect to walk in that power today. And so for some people, they have forgotten the Spirit. For others, they are frightened of the Spirit. Some of you come from a church tradition that maybe you saw some excesses with regard to the Holy Spirit. You saw some things done in the name of the Holy Spirit that rubbed you the wrong way. You saw some things happen that you thought, this was weird, and I don't want anything to do with that. And even some of you right now in this room and watching online, you're thinking, oh, no. A series on the Holy Spirit. What's going to happen in our church? For some of us, we are frightened of the Spirit. There's a third posture that we often have, and it's a posture in which people try to force the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is often used through coercion and manipulation. That people often sense the Spirit and and talk about the Spirit in ways that are manipulative. In ways that force a particular expression of the Spirit. That if you have not had a particular encounter with the Spirit in this particular way, that there's something wrong with you. And we need to force it into you. And so we want to resist forgetting the Spirit. We want to forget resist uh, being afraid of the Spirit. We want to resist forcing the Spirit. What we want is to have friendship with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for us to live in the reality that God's presence is radically accessible to us? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean to have friendship with the Holy Spirit? And my prayer is that we would get to know the Holy Spirit in some fresh ways in the coming months. That the Holy Spirit is not something that just we focus on when we gather together on Sundays, but that the Holy Spirit would be a daily lived reality that we grow into, that you would be hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, that you would experience intimacy with the Holy Spirit, that you would be present to the very presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is very important because we we have to recognize how close the presence of God is when we talk about the Holy Spirit. If you ask the average person, where does God dwell? If you ask children, if you ask adults, oftentimes our heads go up. Where does God dwell? Somewhere up there in the heavens. And while our, our, our eyes go there and our hearts go there because God is much greater than we are, to say that God lives up there is not theologically accurate because God is not up there. God is right here. God is much closer to us than we think. It was St. Augustine who said, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. God is right here. In the book of Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul is having a conversation with some philosophers about religion. And he wants to let them know how accessible God's presence is. And he begins to say these words, Acts 17, he says, From one man God created all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Hear that. God calls us to reach out and to seek him. But listen to this. Here's the paradox. Reach out, but he is not far from any one of us. Hear those words. God is not far from any one of us. And it is possible to live with an intimate, close relationship with god and in the process receive the blessings that come with that kind of intimacy and we we are reminded from the very onset of this sermon that the story of the bible is this god has made himself far more accessible than we often believe god wants to be close to you in ways that you cannot imagine and this is essentially what jesus is getting at in john chapter 16 when we get to John chapter 16, Jesus is nearing the end of his life with his disciples. He's journeyed with them for three years. He's prayed with them. He's partied with them. He has gone to worship with them. He has healed sick people. He has raised the dead in their presence. They have a, they've had a good three years with Jesus. And I imagine at this point they're thinking, if the first three years were that good, imagine year four. Imagine year five imagine what we can do in year six and year seven we got some good things coming our way and so i imagine one day the disciples have their flip chart and they're strategizing about we can do this in year four and we can do this in year five and do this in year six and jesus comes on the scene and says guys i have to tell you something they said we're ready we're just strategizing what the future is going to look like and jesus says i must leave you all and they said well jesus go ahead and leave you need a good night's sleep go ahead go go ahead no no i'm not talking about leaving you for the night I must leave you. And could you imagine the confusion that's coming their way? They've journeyed with them. They have shared meals with them. They know him. And now it seems that Jesus is about to abandon them. Guys, I love you, but I have to go. It's always that but, isn't it? It's always that but. In a relationship, I love you, but. Oh, you know, something bad's about to come. I love you, but... It's over. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, I love you, but I have to go. And I imagine there's lots of confusion here. And what Jesus says is it is good for you that I go. A New Testament theologian, Dale Bruner, said Jesus is saying it in this way. The best thing that could ever happen to you is for me to go Listen, how can anything be better than the physical, tangible presence of Jesus Christ? How can anything be better than actually hugging him? And how? Now, either Jesus is not telling the truth, or we better listen very closely because he is speaking the truth. It is the best thing that could ever happen for you is for me to go away. Jesus has an understanding of the Holy Spirit that we often don't have. And he's trying to get something deep down in their psyches, deep down in their soul, that God wants to be so close to us that it'll blow our mind. And what we get throughout the Bible, what Jesus is essentially getting at, is that he, the promise of God from Genesis to Revelation has been the promise to dwell with his people in the most intimate kind of a way. And so what I want to do is I want to just show you this, how we see this theme throughout the Bible. And what this theme throughout the Bible, what it means for us, especially if Jesus says, it is better for you that I go away. The Bible begins in the book of Genesis, God creates the heavens and the earth, he creates humanity, and when he creates humanity, he doesn't stay out there in the distance, he creates humanity and begins to walk with humanity. In the book of Genesis, it says that in the cool of the day, God would fellowship with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve and God would have picnics in the garden, put out the picnic blanket and, and the basket and, and the fruit, the, not the good fruit, you know, not the bad stuff, the good fruit. And, and they would enjoy relationship with one another. But what we see early on in the book of Genesis is that Adam and Eve were not content being with God. They wanted to be God. And so sin enters into the world, and now God cannot be in their presence in this same way. They are banished from the presence of God. But Genesis, the, the Bible does not end with Genesis chapter three with bad news. Aren't you happy about that? What we find is that God is, has to now devise a strategy. How I know they sinned. I know they often think of only about themselves. I know they tend to be curved in on themselves, But I got to be with them. I want to pursue them. God is relentless to be with his people. And so you fast forward in the book of Exodus. The people of God find themselves in slavery. And God sends Moses, the greatest prophet Israel has ever seen, and delivers them from the hands of Egypt. And now they are in the wilderness. And God says, I-, I gotta be close to them. And so we gotta figure this out. I'll come as a pillar of a cloud in the morning so that they don't get burned by the sun. And I'll join them as a pillar of fire at night to guide them in the way that they should go. God just wants to be close to his people. But it wasn't enough to be. A fire by night and a cloud by day. God said, we got to devise something else. I, I want to be close to my people. And so, Moses, let's build a tabernacle. That whenever you're going through the wilderness, we'll just set up camp. And this will be a place where we can have conversation. A tabernacle. And you can see it on the screen here. Where When, when the people of God would journey, they would, they would, they, they would set up camp worship and then keep moving forward towards the promised land set up camp again but God wants to journey with his people and I just love that God journeys with them they're going in circles in the wilderness over and over and over again for 40 days and God doesn't say you know I'll meet you in the promised land no God journeys with them and wanders with them God cannot get enough of their presence but the people of God in the wilderness sin this is the story of the Bible God moves towards them, and they sin. And God says at one point, I I, I can't go any further with you. I just love that God sometimes just gets just like, I had enough. I I can't go any further with you. And Moses says, wait a second. And one of the greatest prayers of the Bible, Moses says, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I wish that was our prayer every day. Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go to work. (laughs) Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not getting on that train. Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to have this conversation. Moses is saying, where are we going to go if you're not with us? How are we going to survive if you're not with us? If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And so God God says all right let's keep journeying and they keep journeying together later on in the story of of israel god says you know what i want to establish greater covenant with you and and so let's build a temple more than just a structure that's mobile that's going from one place to the next let's build a temple here and so solomon builds a temple and within the temple there's a place called the holies of holies where even though the people are marked by sin and turning towards themselves Over and over again, God says, I long to be with you. I long to be in relationship with you. I long to demonstrate my love for you. I want to be in your presence. This is what God is saying to the people of God. I want to be in your presence. The story of the Bible is one of the love of God that comes to us over and over and over again. If, if, if the Bible had a soundtrack, the soundtrack would be, I love you. I can't get enough of you. I want to dwell with you. That's the soundtrack of the Bible. And when I think about that, I think about a particular song. You know, my father uh, uh, was a DJ and is a DJ. You know, from, he's been DJing for a long time. And I uh, follow him on Facebook and all that. And he, and he DJs. And, and he's working with music. And so as a child, I grew up listening to all kinds of music. I love music a fascination of all kinds of decades of music. And, and, and the other day I was in the supermarket and, and, I, and I heard a song, but because my father has discipled me correctly, uh, I know these songs from multiple generations. And I was by myself in a shopping cart and I heard the song come out. It was, it was a song by, by, by the Delphonics uh, in 1968. Yeah, 1968. If, you don't, if you've never heard of it, YouTube it. It'll bless your soul. In 1968, a group by the name of the Delphonics, and I was in the supermarket and the song came out. And I started singing with it. Anybody sing in the supermarket? I just started. Rosie doesn't like when I do that, but I just started singing <laughs> in the supermarket. And I thought, as I heard the song, this beautiful song, I thought, this is the soundtrack of the Bible. The <laughs> Delphonics in 1968 wrote a song called I Love You, and they said, la, 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 means Uh, uh 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 uh. I feel the spirit now. Y'all yeah, know what you're talking about. Ooh, baby, I do. And he goes into all. Oh, oh, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. That is the song of the Bible. God cannot get enough of His people. I just want to dwell with you. I just want to be with you over and over again. God wants to be with his people. And over and over again, people reject God. And so they build the temple. That wasn't enough. The people wanted other gods. And as a result, they go into exile. The temple is destroyed. But God says, I still can't get enough of you. In a foreign land with no discernible presence of God, God raises up prophets. To let the people of God know, I still love you. I still want to be with you. Which is God's word to you today. I know you haven't had the most consistent spiritual life. I know there are weeks where you pray and weeks where you don't pray. I know there are weeks when you read the Bible and weeks where you can't find your Bible. I know there are weeks where you feel good about having a relationship with God and other weeks you're doing whatever you want. And whether we're up or down, God says, I want to be with you. I want to dwell with you. I want to pour out my love on you. God brings prophets up and says, I want to be with you. And one day we will dwell again in ways we've never seen before. He speaks to the prophet Ezekiel, which God says promises that my dwelling place will be with them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. God says, well, we're, going to, we're going to do it again. And they build a second temple. But that second temple isn't enough. God says, I'm tired of just relating to them as a tabernacle. I'm tired of just relating to them as a cloud or a fire. I'm tired of relating to them just through prophets. I'm tired of relating to them through a temple. I want to relate to them in a new, more intimate way. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and tabernacled. It's that word, tabernacled among them. Jesus says, I want to be so close to you that you can touch me. I want to be so close to humanity that we can eat together. I want to be so close to you. I want to feel what you feel. Jesus, God, becomes flesh, journeys with him for three years, and then says, we've had a good time, but now I must go. And the best thing that could happen for you is for me to go. What can be better than the physical presence of jesus jesus tells us what can be better my presence coming inside of you dwelling in you this is what jesus is saying essentially this my absence will pave the way for another dimension of my presence my absence will pave the way for another dimension of our, of our presence why is jesus leaving the best news that could ever happen Why? because jesus as a human being could not be everywhere he could be in Israel, but he couldn't be in Africa. He could be in Africa, but he couldn't be in Latin America. But when he ascends to the Father, and the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit, now the fullness of God can dwell everywhere, around us and within us. And what we now recognize is that the Holy Spirit is not some ambiguous force. The Holy Spirit is the very presence Of Jesus Christ in our midst. The Holy Spirit is not some ambiguous power. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus living inside of us. Which makes it staggering that those who have received the Spirit in faith have the presence of Jesus Christ living inside of us. This is what Paul says when he says that the church is the temple of God. And that your bodies are the temple for the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a moment. If you spent more than 10 minutes just thinking about that, it'll mess your brain up. That the presence of Jesus lives inside those who have said yes to him in faith. That there's something about your life that's different. Because the presence of Jesus lives inside of you. The question then becomes... How do we grow in intimacy with the presence of the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit has already been poured out, and I want to tell you, for those who have said yes to Jesus in faith, you don't get like 10% of the Spirit. You get the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And because you get the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you already have access to the presence of God. What does it mean to live in that reality? What does it mean to walk in a way where you're sensing the voice of God? We are hearing the moving and the directions of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to live with such intimacy with God? Aren't you tired of just going to church and going through the motions of, of, of just living life and not having an increasing intimacy with God? Knowing God for yourself in a deep way? This is what Jesus says is available to us. The question is, how do we access it? And for our time today, I want to just focus on four elements of just accessing and living into the presence of Jesus. Something that we're going to explore over the next couple of weeks. What does it mean to access the presence of God? What does it mean to live in this reality? I want to share four things. The first thing I want to share is this. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, not because you've lived a good moral life. The Holy Spirit dwells in you because God is good and has forgiven you in Christ. Get that in your soul. Get that at the deepest part of your spirit. Get that at the deepest part of your mind. God does not dwell in you because you've been good. God dwells in you because God is good. God dwells in you because Christ is good. And Christ has forgiven you. That's why the Spirit comes. In other words, we receive this by faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Faith in the love of God. When we open ourselves up to that, we are now given access to dwell with the presence of God. And so the first thing we need to remember, and this is important because from time to time, I meet people who say, I I just, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. You ever been there before? I just don't feel the presence of God. Therefore, because I don't feel it, it must mean God's not with me. And I want to tell you that the Spirit doesn't come... Because we feel it. Whether you feel it or not, the Spirit is given to you. Not because you live a good life, but because God is good. It's not that the Spirit leaves you when you don't pray and comes on you when you pray. It's not that the Spirit comes, it lives in you when you're reading the Bible and, does not, and leaves you when you forget your Bible. It's not that at all. God is always with you. And God is with you, not because of your good or bad life. God is with you because God is good and has forgiven you in Christ. That's the first thing. The second thing I want you to hear is this. Because the Spirit is in you, you are never alone. You are never alone. Isn't this what Jesus said when he leaves his disciples? He he, he said, I I will never leave you alone. I I will be with you through the end of the age. For some of you in this room, you need to hear this word because you feel alone. And again, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feeling. God is with you, which is why we gather on Sunday mornings. Why do we gather on Sunday mornings? Not just to go through the rhythms of singing together and hearing our message. To, to have our spirit awakened to the truth that God is with us. That you might be isolated from people, but God is with you. That someone might have rejected you, but that God is with you. That people might be overlooking you, but that God is with you. That you might be facing a new season in life with some unpredictable things before you, but God is with you. You are never alone. Third, what does it mean to have access to the Holy Spirit? Thirdly, it means... That because the Spirit is in you, you can become like Jesus. This is the goal of the Christian life. You can become like Jesus. Now that might I am glad somebody said I mean to that. I, a, amen. The goal of the Christian life is to become like Jesus. Not simply to get to heaven, but to have the very character and life of Jesus Christ forming me today. This is what Paul says in Romans 8. He says that we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That you are called the greatest goal of your life as followers of Jesus is to become more like Jesus. And the world needs more people who look like Jesus do you know that the word Christian really means little Christ little Christ a little cute name but it's true little Christ you and I are to be little Christ that when people see us they are seeing something of the presence of Jesus when you go to your job they're seeing something of the character of Jesus and we, we live in this way not in our own strength. We live in this way through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit is in you, you can become like Christ. This is what we're going to explore over the next few months. And then lastly is this. What does it mean that the Spirit is in us, that we can dwell with the Spirit? It, it means that because the Spirit is in you, you have power. All you have power. For whatever obstacles you're facing, you have power. For whatever addictions you're carrying, you have power. For whatever difficulty that's before you, you have power. That God wants to empower you. And I hope that these next couple of months you would feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit over your life. That there's certain things that you've believed God you wanted to do, but you just, for whatever reason, have not stepped out on. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you to take new risks. That the Holy Spirit would empower you to do the stuff that you were afraid to do before, that the Holy Spirit would empower you to be the very presence of Jesus. You see, when the Holy Spirit empowers us, it's not simply so that we would enjoy some religious private experiences. Too often we say, Lord, we want more of you, we want more, and what we want is another experience. And I'm all for experiences. I pray that we get a lot of experiences over the next couple of months, that we would experience the Holy Spirit But the Holy Spirit is not simply for an experience. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we may participate with Jesus in the renewing of the world, in the healing of the world. What good is it if Christians are having all these experiences and not making any difference in the world? What difference does it make if you can talk in tongues but you still gossip? Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's just, that's just from, That wasn't in the first service. That just came out right here. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit <laughs> talking now. What difference does it make if you fall out, but you get up and you're still doing the same stuff? What difference does it make if you have all kinds of visions and dreams of God, but you're not more humble? The Holy Spirit, we, I, I pray we have lots of experiences with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit cannot be reduced to an experience. God wants to give us an experience that will catapult us into the world to be the healing presence of Jesus Christ. Which is why when you see what's happening in the world, when you see children being murdered, when you see people in Buffalo, when you see war in Ukraine, What the world needs absolutely is new legislation. What the world needs absolutely are common sense laws. What the world needs absolutely are politicians and people to make decisions for the common good of people. We need all of that. And what good is it if we have all of that but we don't have the spirit? And what God is inviting us into is a new season of receiving so that we may offer it to the world. What is it, how do we live in this reality? Really, there's two things I want to offer. Number one, this comes by faith. We receive the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're watching online, if you're in this room here, you're going, how do I? I want that power. I want hope. I want destiny. I want a sense of purpose. I want courage. How do I access that? You access that by simply receiving. By simply putting your trust in Jesus, when you put your trust in Jesus, it's like there's a portal to your heart that's open that the Spirit comes in. We receive it through faith in Jesus, but it is cultivated. This access to the Spirit is cultivated as we offer ourselves as particular disciplines, to particular practices. You see, we often say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. I, I pray that, Lord, give me more of you. And sometimes I hear deep in my soul the Lord say, I want more of you. Lord, I want more, I want more, give me more, Lord. And Lord is just looking at us saying, more, I want more of you. When we sit down and pray, well, our hearts are hopefully, I hope our hearts are saying, Lord, I want to give more of myself to you. My desires to you. My fears to you. My lust to you. My aspirations to you. My dependence to you. Lord, I want to give my life to you. My hope is that over the next couple of months, that we will be saturated in prayer. That as a community together and as individuals, that we will make space in our hearts for prayer. And make space in our lives for prayer. That we would put our, down our devices. That we would turn the TV off. That we would wake up a little earlier. That we would take some time during the middle of the day to say, Lord, I'm pausing because I just want to give more of myself to you god has already given the fullness of himself to you in jesus christ he dies for you resurrects on your behalf sends you the fullness of the holy spirit and now invites us to offer the fullness of our own lives it is better for you that i leave because if i leave i will send the helper the comforter the advocate may we live in that reality today. Let's pray. Lord, your presence, your presence is here. And it's so easy for us to live our lives so distracted, so busy, so full. That we don't take the time to ponder the staggering truth that Christ lives within us. That we have access to your presence, to live in this reality day in and day out. That we can live with intimacy and peace and joy. That we can find strength and power when we're struggling lord may we give more of ourselves to you fill us with your holy spirit open our eyes that we may see what you're doing in our world and in our own lives you are a god who longs to dwell with us may we be people who long to dwell with you we sing to you now these words of praise it's in jesus name we pray and everyone said let's all stand let's sing together
1: there's nothing worth more that can never come close no thing can compare you're our living hope Presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence.
0: For a prayer of our hearts that as we go through this series together, as we journey through the pages of scripture to pay attention to the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives and may that be our prayer Lord may we become more aware of your presence I wonder if you can just whisper that in your own soul, Lord may I become aware of your presence. May I live with greater intimacy with you. May I carve out time to spend moments with you. May you open up my ears so that I may be able to discern and my heart to receive all you have for me. May the Holy Spirit be poured out over our congregation. Poured out over families. Poured out over people living with great discouragement and despair and hopelessness. I want to pray that right now over you. Holy Spirit, overpower us. Holy Spirit, encourage us. Holy Spirit, correct us. Holy Spirit, comfort us. Holy Spirit, empower us. Holy Spirit, work through us. God has called us as a congregation not simply to gather together and sing on Sundays, but to be sent by the Spirit's into our workplaces, into our homes, into our neighborhoods to be the very presence of Jesus, a presence of healing and hope and restoration and renewal. One of the ways that we grow in awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is by receiving prayer, and I want to invite our prayer team to come to my right. Maybe you came in here today and you're feeling alone, you're feeling a sense of Abandonment, and you're wanting to taste and see for yourself that God is near to you. And one of the ways that we do that is by receiving prayer. If you came into church today and you just need someone to pray for you or pray with you, we would love to do that. And maybe you came into church today, maybe you're watching online, and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. You've never, by faith, opened your heart up so that God would come and dwell inside of you. And if you're feeling that today you want to make a decision for Christ, we would love to help you take the next step on your journey. You can text the phrase, yes to Jesus, to the number on the screen, which is 718-424-0122. One of our pastors would love to follow up with you. Or if you just want to come up for prayer and have someone pray with you, regardless of wherever you are on your journey, we would love to serve you. For those of you watching online or those of you who want to join on your mobile device... Uh, we'll have a sermon discussion time for about 30 minutes. And so you can click on the link on Facebook or on YouTube or our New Life uh, website. And uh, one of our pastors would love to have a conversation with anyone who would love to connect in that space. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. And just to remind you, there's a fundraiser that, that uh, Pastor Helen mentioned uh, for our next gen ministry in the Shell Room. And so feel free to stop by there for a moment to learn more about ways you can support our next generation. With your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, growing in awareness of the Spirit's presence, may you partner with what the Spirit is doing to bring about healing, reconciliation, wholeness to the world around you. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the present name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace be well.